Okay, welcome back to The Wandering Postie. Um, just a quick intro, this week I um, have a mate on the on the podcast who lives in the Blue Mountains, so we touch on how his life is in the Blue Mountains, what made him move up there, and he has a little farm up there, and uh, what he does on the farm, um, and also we touch on a bit of his uh, side hobby, which is quite interesting. Um, so I hope you enjoy the show, thank you. So that's why. So, bro, have you done a podcast before? No, never. I've listened to a lot, but never. <laughs> I've never done a podcast, no. So, explain to me, bro, how you got to the Blue Mountains. What, actually, why are you living in the Blue Mountains? Like, what, why did you come up here from Oakville? Oh, because well, the, the lady that I was seeing was living in the Blue Mountains. And Is I, that why you moved up here from Evelina? Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, I always liked the Blue Mountains. Yeah. But yeah, she was living here, so I started to spend more time up here. Yeah, and then it just seemed like the place I wanted to be. I, yeah, I just okay. really I like it near the bush. I can go bushwalking and yeah. So even though you travel like three hours a day for work, yeah, do you feel like he it's just home up here now? Yeah, definitely. I would. De- I, I would quit my job down in Dural and find a job up here, but then also feel like where I work is a pretty unique place. And I'll, if I left there, I couldn't find that up here. And that's why I guess I do both. Do you think you could find what you have here down there? Like like if, like if you could find like a homestead like this and a garden and everything? I could, but I think um, here is a bit more cost effective too. Like just with land prices and house prices and stuff, the market is a lot cheaper than down in Sydney. Yeah. So I wouldn't be able to find what I have here and be able to afford it, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I can see that. Mm. So, you do a lot of community work though too, like, well, do, do you yeah, do I, a lot of the discipline? Do a lot of community bit. garden. It's not a lot. I've done a couple of community how, gardens. How did you? How many community gardens have you done? I've done two. Carajong. I Carajong currently I'm doing, and then I did the Riverston community garden. How did you get um, involved in the community stuff? Oh well, it's all those community projects. It's, well, uh, all these community <laughs> projects that I do well. It's all through um, my mum. Actually, because she, um, the community centre at Riverson, she managed. Yeah. Um, and they put in a med shed down there. And then they wanted. Oh, did they? A med shed? Yeah, 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 which was really cool um, and, and really popular. But they wanted to put like a sensory garden in. So I did the sensory garden for them. And then. Hang on. What's hmm. a sensory garden? A sensory garden is um, basically like based around, I guess horticultural therapy ideas where you have different plants like maybe like different scented plants plants that feel different like so you've got different textures with the leaves um different scents with the flowers or the the leaves again like the oils that the leaves release yeah this is is this actually a thing yeah it's a thing yeah i've actually so is it so this garden sorry to cut you is it like how big like how big like like 10 meters by 10 meters or an acre or the the whole the one at Riverston was quite big. I reckon it would have been about an acre, not the sensory garden part. Like, that was just a small part, maybe maybe 50 metres by 20 metres, say. Okay. Um, and that was the sensory garden. And right. that was just basically raised beds um, with, like, winding paths through it. Um, okay. With, yeah, like I say, just different plants, different places to sit, you know. Um, we had, like, a little pergola in there so people could sit out under the pergola. Okay. Um, 
and then after I did that, there was some funding for an actual community garden where people come and grow vegetables. Yeah. So I built a whole heap of raised beds, um, and they end up like different groups in the community would come. Like they, they used to have, uh, what do you call, like a youth group that would come and do it, like youth that are in trouble. Okay. Not yep. in trouble, but, you know, like... Youth off the streets or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that they would come and they had a garden... And then they had, um, like, the Sudanese community had a little plot in there. And this is in um, Riverston? That was in Riverston, yeah. Is there a Sudanese community there? I think they, yeah, well, not in Riverston, in, in Blacktown, Blacktown definitely. definitely. So yeah. it's part of the same council. Okay. So oh, Blacktown okay. Council okay. is Riverston. So, yeah, they'd come out and, yeah, grow their plants. And then we did, like, a little bush food garden in there as well. Okay. Um, so with the garden beds, yeah. like you just did, and people could come plant stuff in. Yeah. Is it? Is it... Just people from the community, or is it a special group? Or no, the, the way it works is anyone could come and like grow stuff in it. So could I come um, from Kellyville out there, grow yeah, stuff in it? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I think well, I guess also it would depend on the space they had. Like if they had already had every plot taken yeah, by yeah. someone, then you couldn't. But okay. if there was a, a plot available, then yeah. How does it work? Like if I plan something, if somebody comes and picks my carrots, for example, how does that work? I don't know. I don't think a lot of that goes on. I think people... It's pretty in, honest. It's yeah, honest in that kind of setting, it's a bit of like pretty community so feel. Like, like, so if you're homeless... There was a big fence around it. <laughs> it got locked? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but that was mainly because of the men's shed, I think. They didn't want people breaking into the men's shed and pinching the tools. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess if you're homeless, people would probably be happy if you came and stole a carrot, you know. It's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's You're going to be beating off the homeless people because they're pinching your carrots. <laughs> so then, so you did that one first. Yeah, so I did that one. That was a few years ago now. But then it was a similar situation up in Karajong. Um, they had in front of the community centre there. They had like a, just a big blank area that was just grass, um, and they had the idea to do a community garden. Um, and so they got a whole heap of topsoil dumped in and they got in contact with the TAFE because they thought the TAFE students could come and do it. Yeah. Uh, the TAFE never got back to them. Yeah. So the funding was going to run out. And, yeah, mum said to me again, like, oh, do you want to do the garden? I thought, oh, yeah, why not? Because I, I enjoy doing it. So so, did, so you got paid for it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So no, you paid funding for it. For it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. sweet. Oh, so was good. Well, she did the right thing. She offered it to someone else. You know, exactly right. And, and no one wanted to do it, so... Why not get you to do it? Yeah. Well, that's it. It had to be done, otherwise the funding was going to be taken back. And so then that would have been a missed opportunity, I suppose, for the community to have a garden they can come in. Yeah. And it's been really nice doing it, you know, like people that are coming and going from the garden, as they see it coming along, you yeah. get comments like, oh, God, this looks fantastic. And it's how, how big is that one? That one, well, probably, well, I don't know, roughly say like 50 by 30, something like that. Yeah. But what I've done in that one, it's, basically like three raised beds in the middle um, in like a triangle that so people can grow veggies and then I did like a, a like a bush foods native garden around it yeah, so because right. they didn't want um, I don't think they didn't want to strictly like start a program where people could come in like they would get groups to come in and do the veggie beds not like Riverston <laughs> this was just so because they run like a um, a daycare okay. out of it so I think the idea was so the kids could come and do a bit of Oh, like grow, grow a few veggies. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's coming. How on. long does it take you to do that? Oh, because I'm only doing it on a Friday because, like, I'm working too. So I do it on a Friday. Um, I've been doing it for about a month, 
And I reckon maybe two more weeks and I'll have it done. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you don't have to get in there and get it done. You can do it over time. Yeah, no, I just had to, um, like, I had to spend the money, like, so buy all the materials before the funding ran out, but now I can just take my time doing it. So yeah, okay. it's, good, it's good like that. It's not, oh, yeah, so, yeah. there's no real pressure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I mean, some days I'll <clears throat> go there and I might just spend three hours yeah. and then call it a day. It just, yeah, depends on how I feel. I put in a few big days yeah. to get, like, to get the main infrastructure in, like all the sleepers around the edges and the raised beds in filled with soil and stuff. Okay. And then, you know, like, for example, yesterday I was only there for three hours. Yeah, right. Yeah, just and got all the plants in. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> How have you learnt to do all this? Like, you didn't go to tape for this, did you? you yeah, did, I did. What did you go to tape for? Oh, horticulture, but I didn't finish it. Like, I, I um, when I left school, when I was 17, I did a TAFE course. Did you? Yeah. Um, how, how, how far did you get through it? I did it all, but I failed it because <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah. Well, you, you knew me at school, man. I'm terrible at studying and I like doing, yeah, bad. like doing, getting assignments in on time. But I think I retained a lot of the knowledge. Yeah. So I have it, but I just don't have the certificate. Isn't that the funny thing with school? It's like mm. they'll fail you, but you still have the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. It's like doesn't make sense. No, it makes no sense at all. And and they want to teach you shit that you're never going to use. Yeah. And then because you're not interested in it, you fail. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, then you don't get your certificate or whatever it is. The whole school system needs to be bloody. Oh, that'd be all right. There's someone out the front, walking out the front or something. Oh, really? Yeah. But then, like, my, I guess, childhood was spent in the garden and with plants because, like, Dad had a nursery growing up. Yes, yeah, right. I and my nursery. nan had a nursery growing up. And, like, my first... Job like when I was like fourteen, fifteen. Like I always worked in the nurseries and that with my nan and my dad. But then I had um, like a little bit of garden maintenance, sort of not business. It was wasn't structured as business. But if someone needed their lawn mowed, I'd do it and charge them twenty bucks. Or if they needed weeding, then I'd do that and charge them. Like, Around Oakville? No, in Riverston. Through, oh, did you? Like because nan had the retail nursery in Riverston, yeah. and dad had a wholesale nursery at Oakville. Okay. So if customers came into the nursery and brought plants. Yep. and you know couldn't physically plant them like I'd go and plant them for them yeah, okay. so, and then just charge them a bit extra bit extra cash so I just picked, it up, picked that up yep. like, heaps of reading and stuff as well you, know? you read a fair bit don't you yeah, yeah I've always been interested in you know nature and plants and yep. just the general like you know, ecosystems and stuff like that when you were looking for this place to buy because you don't have one acre here two acres it's an acre and a half so when you were looking for a place to buy did you like look Specifically, like, where can I put, like, garden? Where can I grow my own shit? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that was a huge thing that it had to have space. Like, we looked at a lot of different places that maybe, like, we were looking for bigger blocks. Um, And some of them were big blocks, but they already had established gardens in them or they had big trees, like a lot of shade. Because up in the mountains, it's a lot of bush blocks, so you don't have a lot of space. Yeah, okay. And I think this place is pretty unique, excuse me, as far as having... Like an acre and a half of flat, clear ground. There, yeah. was, there was nothing, no garden at all here when we first moved in. Yeah. 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 yeah but that was a huge consideration. Yeah. Mm. So out of the back here, mm. how big do you reckon your veggie patch is? We're just walking through mm. it. It's bloody huge. Yeah, it's big. I, I don't know. Um, I was actually thinking about that when we were down there. Like how many square metres it would be. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like probably a quarter of the space I have is dedicated to growing food whether it's like veggies or fruit trees yeah like, and the, or, you know the chooks and yeah is that big enough down there to be completely self-sufficient if i was better organized yeah definitely 
<laughs> yeah, like, I mean, during the spring and summer, um, yeah, I can easily not buy any veggies. Yeah. Um, the fruit trees are now just getting to the stage where I'm getting good fruit crops off them. Yeah. Um, so that's been really nice this year. Like, I had... I had my first kiwi fruit this year, and my oh, first grapes this year, which was really good. You've got a kiwi fruit tree down there? Yeah, yeah. There's a big vine that's at the back of the chook pen. I think I want a vine. There mm. you go. I didn't even know they'd grown a vine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a vine, but it's like really sort of, a lot of not tendrils is probably the wrong word, but yeah, it's not a traditional like a grape vine. It's a bit messier and more scrambly. Yeah. Scram- is that a word, scrambly? It is now. It is now, yeah. That's fine. How yeah. do you decide what goes in down there? Do you just are you do you just read and be like oh that sounds like it's going to be a, a good quick growing thing or oh that's what I feel like eating or how, do, how do it's you... a bit of both actually like I'll have a cracker growing in like anything except for the obvious things like you can't grow like bananas you know yep. up in Katoomba yep. although I do think I have a plan that I'm going to build like a brick wall that face west that's like a heat sink. And then try planting a banana in front of that and see, see if it'll grow. See that stuff right there. How do you find out about that? Growing a wall, heat sink, yeah, and growing a banana tree. Well, I don't know if it's going to work. It's a, it's just a theory that I've, I have, or not a theory, or an idea I have, but just through books, man. Like in like permaculture, like puts a lot of that stuff in. Um, like making the most of your environment, strategically putting things in certain places that. It's going to capture sun or block wind or... Is that what permaculture is? It's a lot I mean, I hear a lot that. about permaculture, yeah. but I don't really know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of dabble in it. Well, I wouldn't say that I, like, I, like I'm an expert in it or anything, but basically my idea of it is to grow as much as you can, to be as self-sustainable as you can yep. in, like, sort of in all aspects of your life, and even going into community stuff as well yep um and to reuse as much as you can like i think in like an established permaculture farm the idea is that you don't bring a lot of stuff in like so you don't buy manure and you don't buy potting mix Uh, you do it all yourself so you have compost heaps where you do your compost um or like you have chickens or some sort of animal that like the scraps will go to so you're not throwing that out um yeah, that kind of idea. So when we were down the back earlier and we were talking about like you were going to, that one patch has become a bit overgrown because it's mm. winter and you're going to take it out and you're going to give it to the chickens to compost. Yeah. Like explain that. Like what, how does that work? Um, like, yeah, you... basically I'll let everything grow out. Like it's sort of, it's not the same as like leaving because you can leave something fallow where you don't grow anything in it, um, which like rests the soil. But my idea is, like, the plants that are growing now down there are all going to seed and to flower, which is giving the insects something to eat through winter. Um, so, And then once it goes to seed, the seeds will fall. I'll pull everything up, give it to the chickens. The chickens will, like, eat off what they want. There might be, like, caterpillars and stuff on there. They'll eat the greens. Um, and then what they don't eat, I'll let compost down. The chickens are pooing on it, so they're adding nitrogen to it, which helps with, the break, like, the system breaking down. Yeah. And then like, I'll turn it over every so often. But the chickens also, when I turn it over, the chickens then get in it and scratch it all down and spread it out again. So, yeah. And then I'll pile it back up again. So you're aerating the stuff, which makes ah, it break down quicker. Doing half the job for you. Yeah, yeah, they're helping you out. So you don't need to turn it over as much as you would in a traditional compost system. Um, and then because I've let everything go to seed, when I turn the soil over, those seeds will come up again. So I'll have whatever I've planted the season before will come up again. Like I haven't like 
kale I can I don't have to plant. It just comes up by seed by itself. So, Carrots. So, so, what, so, so for example, a few years ago you planted kale for the first time. Yep. And then you haven't had to plant kale again. It just keeps on coming up. Yeah. I mean, I do plant kale because I like different varieties. Okay. And for some reason, I have better luck with the red Russian kale. If I let that go to seed, that'll come up all the time. And I, I haven't planted red Russian kale for like four or five years. Really? Yeah, yeah. But I've got a shitload of it down there. But other ones, like, you know that, that purple filly leaf one that we yeah, yeah, So yeah. That one I really like, but I don't have as much luck getting it to self-seed. Mm. So I do buy that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, so... Like the Missouri, I haven't planted that for years. Every summer, I have coriander come up. Okay. That I think I planted that like three years ago. Okay. And haven't had to plant again. It's quite interesting because, like, when you go into someone's garden, you'd be like, okay, there's the kale, there's the kale, like your neighbour. <clears throat> yeah, right? yeah. But then you go to yours, and it's kind of like, there's my broad beans, but off to the side of the broad beans, I've got all this kale growing. Yeah. And it's, and it's because of that reason. Yeah, for sure. Like, yep. But it's kind of cool, like, I think that's, I don't know, from my view of not knowing gardens and whatever, mm. it's kind of like kind of cool to, like, and that's the way it should kind of be, like the way you're doing it. Yeah. Well, it's funny, they kind of evolved by itself, that method. Like, I started off like that where it would be like, yeah, that's my kale, they're my broad beans, they're my tomatoes, you know, whatever the crop was. But then as I started to develop that whole thing of like, or I'm just going to let it go to seed... It just sort of naturally happened, and now that's just the way I do it. And it's easier too because you're not. I, I don't get really obsessed with the weeding of the garden, like you saw down there. Like, yeah, do you like, think you have to? Because that is, that is a is that a myth? Like, you know, when I think of gardens or whatever, like I think of when I was growing up, my parents were like go, go weed the garden. Yeah, yeah. So you don't think you need to weed all that often? I don't think so. Like, I, I think it's important when the seedlings are young, you do have to weed so the weeds don't overcompete. What your crop, but once your crop's going, yeah, I think it's you can weed very minimally unless something starts to take over, like you get something that's really putting pressure on your veggies and stealing the nutrients from them. Yep. Then yeah, but other than that, no, I don't think it's it's all pretty. So uh, people take it to more of an extreme than what they have to. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah okay. definitely. Uh, yeah, it's all that. Um, some people would look at what I have down there and go, "God, that's a mess." You know what I mean? Like, I it's about that, that, that yeah. uniformity that people like. It's the same as how people love their hedges. You know, like, you go to, like, the new developments and it's just yeah. all the same plant, <laughs> all hedged. It might yeah. be, like, the latest thing, like, that three-layer hedge, and yeah. that's what their garden is, and that's it. Yeah. And they pay some guy to come and cut the hedge once a week and mow their lawn, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. But I kind of like it where that's a little bit more natural to me, and yeah. I feel like that's another permaculture thing as well, like, creating a bit of an ecosystem. Yeah, okay. So that... Like I was saying to you earlier, like I've never sprayed down there. That never had any spray on it. Yep. Um, like I feed it, I weed it occasionally, but even if I have pests, like I have, like might have an outbreak of aphids or whatever, I find if you leave it there for a little while, then you'll find you've got ladybirds coming and they've eaten the, like they've eaten the aphids, or you'll get like the little birds coming and eat the aphids. Oh really? Yeah. So, but the aphids won't eat out your crop before. It hasn't happened to me, but I know they can. I mean, they can. I mean, I think that's the, like, maybe the danger of having, like, such a, like, a mono... So you have, like, all one plant in one spot and you're weeding and you're spraying. Okay. Like, the plants aren't... There's not that ecosystem around yeah. to come and defend the garden. Like, it's the same as, you know, like, the plants that I've got along the border, like the 
the native plants that I've got along the edge of the garden. Yes, yes that's yes. to attract birds in as well. So you know, you got like the birds will come in and like, do their thing on the flowers and that, but then they'll go, oh, there's an aphid on that, and I'll come and grab that too. So yep. yeah, you're okay. sort of creating a space for nature to do its thing in a way. Yeah, yeah. And and then do do you let the chickens roam around your garden bed or not? No, not in the veggie. I mean, I have them get in there occasionally, but they scratch up too much. I let the ducks in there. And so, um, so the ducks then fertilize the, the soil. Yeah, and they and eat the they insects. eat the snails and the insects. Yeah, they're great for the snails. Like when we first moved here, there was hundreds of snails. I now I can't remember the last time I've seen a snail down Is that there. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're good. Um, yeah, they just go like you have to limit it. Like I had them where the ducks were in the veggie patch, like their pen was in the veggie patch. Okay. And that became a bit full on. Like for a while it worked, but then they worked out that the lettuce is edible. And so then they'd eat the crop. Yeah. But okay. doing how I do now where I've got I've got them in with the berries and I open the gate every so often to let them in, like maybe twice, three times a week, that seems to work. Because okay. they'll just come in, fosk around, around, get the yeah. stuff, and then they go back out again. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Okay, if there, if there were because you got chickens here, mm-hmm. you got ducks here. Yeah, what else? That's Just it. chickens and ducks at the moment. Yeah, chickens, ducks, uh, and the veggies. Yeah. If there was like an apocalypse right now, mm. how long do you reckon you could live off this garden for? And your what you've got here? The garden as is. Garden as is. If, so if it happened ducks, tomorrow. Veggies, yeah. Ducks, chickens, veggies, a lot. I don't know. Maybe a month. Oh, is that? You could live longer than that, couldn't you? Well, probably. Yeah, actually, probably. I'm. How many? I mean, how many chickens have you got down there? I have twelve at the moment. Twelve, yeah, twelve chickens, two ducks. But see, then there'd be a toss-up, right? Like, do I kill the chickens and eat them, or do I let them lay eggs and eat the eggs? Age-old y- question, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. And, like, and then again, how would I? I mean, I still, even though I give the chickens the scraps and stuff from the kitchen and from the garden, like I still buy them grain to feed them. Yeah. So if it was an apocalypse, where would I get the grain from? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. well, you'd be pulling up those weeds pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, them, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> How, do you find it like, pretty relaxing going down there? Like, you know, some people say like gardening is meditation. Yeah, I think it is in a way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I love it. Like, I wouldn't not do it. I mean, I think I could, would have to find a way to do what I do wherever I was. Do you know what? Yeah, like, yeah, even I if I, I mean, I could never live in an apartment that would like kill me. Like, I reckon yeah. it'd be like soul crushing. But <laughs> what about if you had a little garden bed on the on the balcony, little yeah. one meter by half well, a meter? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I'd probably turn the balcony into a garden bed. But you know, like I, I need that. Yeah, I just need to have that. You know, the garden and just to have space outside to do stuff. Yeah, it's pr- I mean, it's, mm. it's pretty relaxing up here. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, even. The community itself, like, it's a pretty cool place to live, Katoomba, you know. Like, we were out at the pub earlier and... Yeah. Yeah, it's just nice. It's a good vibe. Yeah. Do you do a lot of meditation? No, I don't do any. None? No. Do you feel like just being up here, being... Because it's pretty quiet up here. Yeah. It's enough. Yeah, well, when I say I don't do any meditation, like, I don't do any, like, formal meditation where I'll sit down and try to meditate because I'm not good just sitting. My mind starts to race and I can't do it yeah but like like gardening is a form of meditation where you're just concentrating on one thing yeah like my metal work too i find a form of meditation where you're just concentrating on that that's you're just there you're not which i suppose is meditation right like because you're 
your mind's not full of a million things. You're focused on that. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess in a way I do, but not formally med. Like I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I'm a big meditation fan. meditation fan. Yeah. The next time I come up here, I'm gonna you're gonna be like, hmm, I thought about the meditation, but I've put a I've put a hammock down the back, and I just sit possibly, there possibly, dolphin, who knows? Dolphin noises. <laughs> <laughs> the sounds of the rainforest. Yeah. Oh my God, it's gone. I've just got a big hammock hanging. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything's possible, man. I wouldn't. Yeah. If you've got a forge down there too, how, yeah. how long have you had the forge for? Um, no. That space, I've had like three years, I think, or less than three years, two and a half years. But before that, I had it set up near where the clothesline is, but it was a barbecue that I'd like fitted out to be a forge. Um, and then when I really got interested in it, that's when I built the shed and went and found an anvil. Because I was doing it like with the barbecue as a forge. And I had a piece of I-beam that yeah. I was using as an anvil. Yeah. So, yeah. And then as I sort of... It was a I-beam. That was working okay, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's just louder because the uh, metal's thinner. Like oh, it, okay. It really is really echoey, yeah, okay. which when you're working it for like an hour or, you know, the afternoon might make four or five hours. Council's going to come By the end of it. Yeah, well, neighbours, yeah. I'm lucky I've got really good neighbours here, but yeah, your ears are sort of ringing by the end of it. So that thing you got down there where you have the coals and you heat the heat up, yep. is that an actual like forge or is that, what, what is that? It's a forge. Like I got that from, I just got that off eBay, um, okay. Gumtree, whatever. Um, yeah, so it is a forge, but it's one that's got like a hand bellow on it. So then okay. I fitted it out where it's attached to like one of those, you know, the, the shop vacuums that you can get at Bunnings where you can turn yeah. it over so it blows as well? Like the commercial ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got, that's what I've got that works as a bellows. Okay. Which isn't ideal. It's pretty noisy. Like it's like a vacuum, having a vacuum running for five hours. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, it's not ideal, but the proper ones are really expensive. Like yeah. where that vacuum cost me like 50 bucks. Yeah, right. And it works. And I just put earphones on. Earphones? Like, Headphones? Yeah. Earmuffs? Yeah, that's it. Earmuffs. <laughs> How often do you get the forge going? I used to do it like, like every weekend I would do it. Oh yeah. Um, but recently, um, this year I think I've had it going twice. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because I only do it in winter, um, autumn and winter when it's cold enough. Because I kind of feel a bit bad if it's like a forty degree day and we're right back right on like back onto the bush. I think my neighbours, I don't know, might get a little bit paranoid with me having the forge going like bellows of black smoke coming out from my backyard. I have like the fire department pull up or something. <laughs> I want to avoid that. <laughs> really? You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. That. Yeah. I mean, the other one thing that I could do is like get a gas forge. That might be the next step if I decide to like really keep going with it. I mean, I think it's something that I'll always do. But when I first started, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to like, yeah. I'm going to be a blacksmith. <laughs> that didn't work. Like, I mean, I've sold a few different bits and pieces, but it's mainly for. Like I make things for around the house, like like a fire poker or like um, hinges yeah. or, like, and I've made presents for people like bottle openers and oh yeah yeah um, and yeah fire pokers, candle holders, yeah. You never thought about going to markets to this? Yeah, I have actually, but I, I want to try to get my stock levels up, I guess, like yeah. so I can have a table with at least you know a couple of dozen things on it. Yeah, but you know, like last year, at the beginning of autumn, like I broke my rib. So I couldn't forge. Yeah, right. Um, and then this year I just had a bit of, like a lot of other stuff going on, so I haven't had the opportunity to. Life yeah. just gets in the way. Yep, it does. Life just happens, man. 
Have you thought about just quitting your job and going 100% living off the land, blacksmithing? <laughs> that sounds like you'd be back in the Victorian times. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think that'd be beautiful, but... Um, reality, society says. Reality. Yeah. And bills say. Once you've got a mortgage to pay and you're like, you've got your bills coming in and it makes it a little bit harder to like back off from that full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, ideally that'd be beautiful. Like I did dream of that, of, you know, having the garden so I don't have to buy food, you know, like the water tank. So, you know, like you just like live off the water that you catch. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. But I mean, who knows, maybe one day that would become a reality, but at the yeah. moment, I don't even have the tank in the ground, so it's a bit hard to catch water when it's not attached to anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that tank out there empty? Yeah. I didn't even think of that when you said, I've got to put that in the ground. Oh, yeah, no, it's empty. It's just sitting there. Yeah. Oh, shit. Because I was talking to my neighbour and he was saying, like, why don't you just hook it up where it is? But I don't know if you can, because it's meant to be in the ground. I don't know if it'll support the weight of the water when it's in there. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's big and concrete. Yeah, but if you tap it, it's pretty thin. I, I have a feeling that it relies on the pressure of the soil around okay. it to hold the water. I think, I don't know. Oh, good question. Mm. Yeah, who knows? Eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody would know. But... Yeah, if somebody does, I probably should probably look into it. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you, do you think that... I don't know, up here in the mountains, you're a lot more calm and relaxed than if you were to live... On the exactly the same property at the, down down on the flats. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know that I'm more calm. I think I'm a pretty calm person in general. I don't think that I would be any calmer down, down, down like any you know more worked up or whatever down there. Yeah. Um, but I, I I guess though having like been surrounded by the bush and stuff is good too because like I can walk across the road and go for a bushwalk. Yeah. And I think that helps as well. Like, why do you think more people don't live up here in the mountains? I think cold in winter, like yeah. the threat of bushfires, I suppose, in summer. Um, but I also think it's just a matter of time. I think um, with the development that's spreading through Western Sydney now, yeah. I think it's only a matter of time before more people come up to the mountains. Yeah. And, but I suppose as well, I was thinking about this the other day, is that um, it's really hard to develop up here too. It's not flat. Like you, You're in, on a mountain, so there's only so much like level ground that you can build a house on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they do crazy shit with stilts and stuff now, but... Yeah, it's we'll, true. We'll probably always have, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. always find a way there, don't they? Yeah. Have, have you seen the mountains change up here in the last 10 mm. years? Mm-hmm. What have you seen yeah. change? Um, basically, like, I mean, not so much with housing and stuff, because, like I say, it's already all pretty much built out, what you can build, but the shops, you know, like, when I first moved here, there was a Coles... Kmart and a Franklin's, I think. That yeah. or a, I think Franklin's or Jules. There was a Kmart, yeah. Yeah. We're now, we've got like Aldi, Dan Murphy's, a Woolworths and a Coles, yeah, like a Target. So like, just in those stores, you can see it's getting more developed. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think also I've seen it become more popular. I mean, it's always been a tourist destination, but it seems now... There's a lot more people around on weekends. When we're just walking through Katoomba now, Mm. I noticed like when I was up here in in 1999, so Mm. 20 years ago, there was a lot more hippies around. Yeah. I I felt. Yeah. yeah. And just when we're walking around town now, I felt like there were none. (laughs) I didn't see any. 
Or was it just yeah, the time true. of day? Yeah, that's true. All the hippies were at home. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, there still is quite a big, I guess, alter- what you call it, alternative lifestyle um, community up here. But maybe, yeah, maybe it is time of day. I don't know. Well, I think as as well. Like, I try not to go into um, town on a week on a weekend. Yeah. Like, I do my groceries on a Friday. If I need to do groceries, and I don't usually go near the place on a Saturday, so yeah, I think you find a lot of the locals will get their stuff done on like during the week or weekend, like all you know, yeah, during the week, not Saturday Sunday, because that's when you got everybody out and about. I think the majority of people we probably saw today were tourists. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, Mm. I mean there there were no hippies in Body the Carrington today. No, no, (laughs) no, I don't. I think if you if you went out now, like if we went out now and went to the pub, you'd probably see a lot more locals mm. and then like a lot more hippies around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, any life philosophies, Brew? Oh, I don't really have any life philosophies as such. You asked me this. Question, the yeah, question. you asked me about that today. I, was like, I don't know, but I was thinking about it. I guess it's just like do as much for yourself as you can. You, like, oh, be selfish. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, mean, I, guess, I guess that's one way you can put it. But, like, you know, if you can grow your own food, grow your own food. If you can make your, a table for yourself, do that. If you can... Because, like, anything that you buy, a person's made. So that means... Or a person's grown or whatever. So that means it's possible for a person to do it. So why shouldn't you be the person to do it? Do you people are too lazy these days? Too lazy or too busy or just don't want to try? I think this might be a combination. I don't necessarily think lazy. I think I think it's like people fall into this trap of because we're always told like, oh, it's such a busy lifestyle. We don't, you know, you don't have time to do that. You don't have time to do that. So people buy into that. Yep. And it's like, well, I don't have time to have a garden, but I have time to sit on the lounge and binge watch Game of Thrones from season one to eight over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I you're think, basically saying turn the TV off and actually go out, get out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I still watch movie like television. I mean, I don't have an aerial, so I don't have television or Netflix, but I watch okay. DVDs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. I think that's just basically it. Like, just put down your whatever it might be, like your computer or, yeah. you know, phone, and go and do something, you know? And because, I mean, I'm a huge podcast fan, so, like, I'll spend, like, hours out in the garden just listening to different podcasts. Yeah. You know, so it's, I'm not saying, like, I'm not anti-technology. I think te- all technology has its place, but... Also think that it can easily overtake you if you depend on it too much. Yeah, yeah. Jumping back to the garden thing we were talking about earlier, mm. if anyone wants to uh, start a garden, mm. okay, for me, for example, yep. I want to start a garden in my backyard. Yeah, I have a little backyard. Yep. Where should I start? Just dig up the ground, find out what. <laughs> no, like start digging. Start digging there. Find out what kind of soil you have, what you need to do to the soil um, okay. to help it be able to grow. Things, yeah. Choose your spot. Like, watch where the sun goes, how the sun passes your block. Yep. You know, try to put it in a spot where you get the most amount of sun a day. Yep. Um, yeah. Then just dig. Like, first take the, the grass out, dig it up, add some compost. You know, even if you get bag cow manure, or, you know, whatever you can get, uh, and then just plant it. Just just start doing it. You know, like you just got to start. Hey. Yeah. Exactly. That's the problem that everyone has. Hey, like they just don't start. No, exactly. Like it's, it's for me with this podcast, it's like yeah. if you don't start, you just don't know where it's going to go. Well, yeah, that's right. If you don't start doing it, you just don't 
Yeah. Like nothing ever happens. It's the same as like a lot of the stuff that I do. Like, you know, you might watch a YouTube clip on something, you know, and go, oh, that looks really cool. I wouldn't mind doing that one day. But unless you just actually do it, it yeah. doesn't get done, you know? Like, <laughs> so one day is like now. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Like today is as good a day as any. Um, like, I've always had a garden, so like that was definitely going to be something that I had. And I've always had animals, so like the chooks were something that I was going to have, the ducks were something that I like. The ducks actually just sort of happened. But like I plan to get quail this year, hopefully, like I was talking to you about earlier. Yeah. Once I put up a thing, that, like a structure I can keep them in. Um, but yeah, just like even like with my metal work, I think I don't even know how I. I think I went to um, Ironfest out at Lithgow, oh, yeah. and they have like a, blacks, a blacksmith tent where there's all black, like blacksmiths, and you walk through and they've got all their stuff for sale and demonstrations. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be cool! And so I just looked it up on YouTube, and then yeah, like you found a guy doing it out of his barbecue. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I've, like first I googled how to like um, how to build a forge. Yeah. And there was a whole heap of different ideas, but the barbecue one seemed to be the simplest because you see them like sitting on the side of the road everywhere. So, oh, so just, you picked the barbecue up from the side of the road? Yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, lined it with some bricks. Uh, I had a hairdryer. I used to use a hairdryer as a bellows for ages. So it was just like a, a metal pipe yeah. with a hairdryer at the end of it, yeah. and that's it. How, yeah. how much do you reckon that whole structure cost you? Oh, like 20 bucks for the hairdryer. And that's it? That's it, Yeah. And that's how easy it is. People go out and buy, like, oh, we can't do this because we've got to go buy a forge. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. like no, you don't. Just get on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that's get a it. Get YouTube diploma in blacksmithing. Well, that's what we were talking about. Like, you learn anything from YouTube these days. Like, whatever you want to do, like, learn to do it. Like, I was watching, like, like I wanted to start doing some carving, so I did that, and I've got, like, a few carvings and stuff I made. Yeah. Like, but the best thing is just to try it. Like, just try. Do you think... Do you think uh, the human species as a whole are getting dumber or smarter because of the internet? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know, man. It depends on how you use it. Like at the end of the day, it can be a tool or it can be something that can be really like detrimental to your mental health. Like, so if you spend all day on the internet watching porn and you know watching reruns of Friends or some shit. <laughs> Then you're not you're not helping yourself, and you're not you know making the world a better place. You're not well, not making the world a better place, but you're not making yourself think about like thinking different ways. But if you're using the internet to like download like really interesting podcasts and have conversations with cool people, if you're using it to get onto like um, like YouTube and look up how to like start a garden, like do an aquaponics system, like raise chickens, like you know fix your learn stove, something. learn something, then I think you're actually, that internet is making people smarter. Yeah. But it depends on how you use it. Like, people, like, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well said. Thank you. Said. <laughs> have you tested both ways? Have you downloaded a ton of porn? And I have. I've done a lot of experimenting <laughs> and I find that a little bit of porn is fine <laughs> and then you focus on the other stuff, you know, like research and, and that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. No reruns of Friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was flicking through the channels the other day and I saw an episode of Friends come on and I just I didn't even watch I just flicked straight past mm. it I was like what the hell is I think that? I would have done the same thing man <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I didn't even know that I was that big a fan when it was actually a big thing no oh. I think it was just all it just felt like it felt like it was just always on yeah yeah so, so was, well I know I, like at my when I was at my parents place like they had Foxtel and I'm pretty sure there was a channel that just ran a marathon of it 24 hours a day like you could just watch an episode of Friends whenever you wanted to 
which was never. But yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I think it sums it up. Yeah. Cool. I think we've touched on everything. Have we? Anything else you want to add about living in the mountains or being self-sufficient on a farm? No, I think we sort of covered it all. We but kind of, uh, we kind of did, didn't we? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I guess there's always. I was very unprepared for this, so. Well, I think it went all right. I think this has been a good conversation, man. Like, yeah, but I guess yeah, if you want to do something, do it. Yeah. You know. Any grow any um. Any good books anyone should read on, on like starting a garden, like being self-sufficient. Is there any good books, or um, where do you get your most of your information from? Do you just have something in your brain and be like? I want to get, okay. I want to get quails, mm. for example. Like I would, wouldn't know where to start. I'm sure you didn't know where to start. Like yeah, like obviously you need a structure. Yep. You need to get the quails. You need to raise the quails. Yeah, yeah. How? Where did you get all that information from? Um, books at first. Like there's some really good permaculture books. Like um, permaculture design is a really good one, and that's like by um, Bill Mollis. I think Bill Mollison, who like him and another guy came up with permaculture okay so that's really good that is pretty technical it's almost like a textbook okay um but then these days you've got a whole heap of people that have done you know all like still under with the principles of permaculture but like just maybe a bit easier to digest um yeah and so you know like i've got a book it's like uh like permaculture the vegetable gardener's guide and that's a really good one like a lot of um illustrations I mean, I can read, but I also like to look at pictures. Oh, makes yeah, it of course. It makes it, easy. It makes it more interesting. Yeah. And especially when you go, oh, oh, well, that's how it's done. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah, it makes it a little bit more absorbable for me. Um, so, yeah, books like that. Like, go get some books on whatever, like on gardening. Any, any kind of gardening, but yeah. culture books. Yeah, but even like, you know, talking about the internet, that's a, an awesome resource. Yeah. You know, like you can Google anything these days and excuse me, it'll come up. So, like, I mean, I've watched a few like clips about raising quail and what you need um and then so i sort of then put that with what i've read about permaculture and i think it, i think it's going to work quite well because my plan is to have an make an igloo okay. um so that it's like a greenhouse basically and keep the quail in that so when you say so, an igloo mm. you make how we make a structure out of Metal hoops, so it's like metal hoops that are in the ground, and it'll be like maybe four meters, yeah, four meters wide by maybe six or seven meters long. Wow, that big! Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't need that big. I mean, I've seen things where they keep quail in these tiny, like a rabbit hutch, but I wouldn't really feel good about doing that okay. to them. Um, but yeah, so I'll just like plant the garden and have them running in around, eating the bugs and stuff, you know, like an yep. yeah. So it'd be like another intrigate. Intri- so it's intrigate? In- intricate? No. no. Intrigate, integrated. That's not a word. Integrated? Do- yes, thank you. <laughs> It'll be that system where... So they, can, so they can, they won't scratch up the garden like the chickens do? No, they shouldn't. And that's what I'm going to have to experiment with that. But that's my theory. It's all experimentation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that if I can't find it in a book, but I think it's a good idea, I'll just do it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, if it works, yeah, exactly. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. And then you just rethink what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So next time I come up, we'll be eating quail eggs. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In an ideal world, if I get my finger out and get the igloo in, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need a hand building it, you can just call us. Mm. Yeah, thanks, man. I will. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, this with us. No worries. We'll see, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, yeah. All right, cheers, bro. No worries, mate.
Okay, that was the show. I hope everyone uh, enjoyed it. Hope you took away something from the show. Um, maybe pick up a trowel and a bit of chicken manure or cow manure and plant a few veggies out the backyard and uh, start living off the land a bit more and living a bit more clean and a bit more healthy. Uh, perhaps get a few chickens and uh, and get a side hobby even. Um, until uh, next week, peace.